join us for a spell There is magic to be found And stories here to tell Feed the fire, merry meat Dare to more than dabble All are welcome at our hearth For a little bonfire babble Bonfire babble Hi everyone Welcome to the most ironic episode Corey and I have ever done, which we recorded on July 18th, 2022. It is now November 2nd, and that leads me to a huge thank you to Lisa. You know who you are. Thank you so much. When I say that there's irony, it's because we talk about how time has no meaning and it's wibbly wobbly and that you may listen to this in August when it was supposed to come out or not, maybe years later. Well, we didn't expect it to come out right now, but there is some information in here that both Corey and I share that is so relevant to right now and also harkens back to what Kana Wen said around cancer season and what she then revisited in Scorpio season saying, hey, remember what was happening back in cancer season? It is amazing how much this episode lines up with the work that Corey and I have been doing and the Underworld episode that we released for Samhain. We had not put it together. I hope you find it as relevant to your life right now as you might have this summer. Here it is. Please enjoy. Really and truly, the last two cards that we are going to do on the Major Arcana, the Moon and the Sun. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. We are doing tarot cards today. We're working our way through that major arcana. We're almost to I the was, end. Is there interest in other tarot things? If Are there interest in pips? Are there interest in spreads? Are there interest Ooh. in how do we apply them to our witchcraft or do we apply them to our witchcraft? I love the idea of spreads. Yeah. yeah. I love spreads and I like making them up. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm into that. And sometimes they fail horribly. I'm like, okay, that was just not a good crafted, not a well-crafted question. And, and that's fun to learn too. If you subscribe to the newsletter, mm. you saw a tarot <laughs> spread that was pretty fun for storytelling this month. Woohoo! Or I guess last month. When does this come out? Who's to say? I, In July. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Hello. We are recording from the past. Yes. On July 18th. We're like those stars you see in the James Webb images. We're from <laughs> the past. I love that. <laughs> that is, I'm so obsessed. We're also incomprehensible and not at all bound to time or space. No, not even a little. Just like stars and space. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. For sure. For sure. I have an update on the kiddie pool please when i'm not in it the birds have decided it is a bath <gasps> oh so i looked out on my yard today and there were like four or five crows just chilling on the side of my pool it's inflatable right yeah what are their little claws they're do? not puncturing Talons it to- oh, it's wow. still they just alight gently on top and just hang out I like want to come to your house right now. I like want to stop, go to your house and cover it with like, uh, I don't know, towels or something. I'm just going to use the water in it to water the plants and then refill it. Oh, no. I mean, I mean the sides. So oh, their little sure. talons don't go through. Uh, I have a patch kit. 
<laughs> it hasn't popped yet. <laughs> good, good. Good crows. Good yeah. crows. Well, they, maybe not good they crows. They want to be nice to me because I feed them every day. But yeah, that's what's happening. My, I didn't get to get in my pool today, but my friggin' birds did. Oh, that's intense. <sighs> Jealous. We're still in July, although you're in August, or maybe even later, or maybe a couple of years from now. Who knows <laughs> where you are? <laughs> Who knows? Like we said, time has no meaning. If you didn't listen to the intro, this is just Detta popping in to remind you that you are not mishearing this. You are instead listening to the lost episode of the Major Arcana. But I have, because we're doing this this summer, we didn't do this last summer. We have garden updates, or at least I do. Mm -hmm. I have a garden update. Mm -hmm. I planted more things today. I had squash starters and watermelon starters and corn starters and herbal starters that I finally, finally put in the ground. And I am so excited about that little place outside that I didn't want in the first place, which I think we talked about. The dirt? We did. Yeah. And there are blackberries that are not taking over yet. And I have decided because of where they are, I'm going to use them for a border around three-fourths of the space. And I'm propping them up. I'm training them. Sure. So far, they're behaving. We'll see if they continue to. We'll see. Yeah. Blackberries notoriously don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've also planted some raspberries, which are much more manageable than blackberries. So if I have to pull out the blackberries, I can. But I'm really excited about a natural protection habitat for the place out there. And it looks like, because of all the things that are growing there, it looks like it could be a pond. <laughs> it's just really, I'm just so madly in love with it all of a sudden. And there's, it's not completely even. There's like a little hill and that's where my corn and my squash and my melons are. Yeah. And, yeah. I uh, was talking to my neighbor and I was talking about how she could like not worry about the blackberries that are sort of coming up over the fence, that part of our mm-hmm. fence from her yard. Mm-hmm. I was like, leave them. I'll pick them and then I'll trim them back at the end of the season and then it'll be fine. Wow. She was like, really? I was like, yeah, I'm going to forage the berries and make stuff out of it. And she was like, I have like raspberries and apples and plums and stuff back here too, if you want any. And I was like, yes, I do. Yes, I do want them. (laughs) I will text you and then I'll come over and I will pilfer all your berries and your fruits and then I'll make delicious foods and you can have some of it. Your backyard is perfect for fruit trees. We have an apple tree. It's got little apples on it. They're not going to be good apples this year. They're going to be tiny, weird little sour apples, but I'm going to cut them up and feed them to the birds. That'll be fun. Yeah. I have to ask any listeners out there, any green witches, whatever that means to you, any witches out there that are so into plants and so into their garden, even if it is in the city on their balcony or on one little shelf in their apartment or or an actual homestead like Runa. We want to hear about your plans. Yeah, we want to hear it. So a long, long time ago. In a galaxy far away. <laughs> when we started the newsletter and I wrote about Nightshade, I I fibbed a little. Not <gasps> not completely. Not completely. I just gave major warnings because we were still being so cautious. And I just said, just don't mess with nightshade. And if you do, make sure you wear gloves and all that good stuff. 
I was I was just like, but I was so cautious because I went I did I wrote a whole poem about just don't touch them, just don't touch them. We want to make sure everybody's safe. <laughs> yeah, and and I have to tell you, I've been touching them with gloved hands, the ones that we get absolutely every single year, and I have been using them in spell work. Wow. It makes me feel very connected to some of the things we're going to talk about today or that I'm going to talk about today with the moon. I feel like there's a real tie-in to all of them. So I just wanted to mention that if you were part of the newsletter, Nightshade, I can't wait to chat more about it. And I'm going to contradict myself. Awesome. As we sometimes do when we grow and change or decide to admit something that we weren't admitting publicly. What? The moon card? What? Yeah. Do you have any other? We hope you enjoyed this section of our garden show. The garden center. Yeah, the garden center, which we hope relates to your witchcraft practice. I hope it's not, you know, boring for you. Or if it was, you've skipped and now you're here. And we're headed to the bonfire. We're headed to the bonfire. No. Yeah, no library. Just the bonfire. Yeah. I'm really excited. And guess what? I'm going first. And that doesn't... No, wait. Yeah. I usually go first. Oh, no. No, oh, you go no. first. It's fine. Oh, darn it. I was I was hoping for the other way. I think I've only gone second once. This is also like the first time you've ever really been like, I would like to do this card, please. Oh. So like, <laughs> it's really okay. Okay. Well, here we go. Okay. We're doing the moon card. And I am... I only picked one card. It is number 18. Some of the words associated with it are mystery and... It is the number 32 in Kabbalistic Paths of Wisdom. It is also, other key words are inspiration, accomplishment, instinct, fertility, cycles and change and reflection, mercy, the wild aspects of the mind, which I'll talk a little bit about with the dog and the wolf, which are also some of their symbols. The dog is domesticated. The wolf is not. So we have both sides of that when we are dealing with the moon. Emotions, intuition, subconscious dreams, the water, tame aspects of the mind, severity, goals, and challenges. And that describes the Smith Waite deck, the original card. But there's also a shadow in that card, and I, I think a scorpion upright, anxiety, fear, illusion, subconscious, reversed, clarity, releasing fear. The element that it is associated with is water. The Kabbalistic letter is, I'm not going to be able to pronounce it, but it is spelled Q-O-P-H. And that's Khaleesi. The meaning of the Kabbalistic letter is back of head, which I love that about the moon. The sign is Pisces. Yes, no key interpretation. It is a no card, which really surprised me. But there you go. Animals associated with it are a fish, a dolphin, a dog, a jackal, and the stone is a pearl. The goddess is associated with this and A lot of times when you look this up, you just get a generic goddess. Before I give you more information on the goddess, the associations I just told you is put together from Modern Witch Tarot, from tarotoak.com, from the Sacred Bee, and also from the Lightseer's deck. The goddesses that I'm about to tell you, the deities and goddesses, They can be found in multiple places. And of course, as always, there are a lot of different opinions out there. 
these are the ones that I find really powerful, which are Hakate, Artemis. I've seen in research Selena or Luna, of course, Luna, that makes total sense, Suin Polynesia, and so many others that you can do some research on that are associated with the moon. The moon is traditionally associated with feminine energy, the great mother, the birther, the giver of life, the divine feminine. And the divine feminine, please remember, does not mean that you have to have a womb. The divine feminine should be, hopefully, in all of us, as is the divine masculine, as is gender on the spectrum. And it is a spectrum, which is why we have so many different people in our world, and it's a wonderful celebration of what it is to be human. So I am only using one card today, and I am using the Modern Witch Tarot card. It has flavors of the Smith weight, and the moon is one of my favorite cards, one of my absolute favorites. And I'm sure because I'm a witch and because I'm madly in love with the moon, and I have been since I was a kid, and the lore around the full moon especially was huge in my household because my mother was a nurse and worked the emergency room. And she said, I don't care what studies are out there. I don't care what other people tell you. It is worse in the emergency room on full moons. My mom would say that too. Yeah. And people bleed more. And she is not a witch. She is definitely not a witch. Some of the symbols are, well, there's the moon. Sure. Which the sun is reflecting the light. The cards that I really love and adore, not that I don't love and adore this one, I do. But I like the wolf when it's just straight up the wolf. And Mm. I do believe that, um, here I only brought one, but... I'm going to talk about others. The light seers, I'm pretty sure. The moon in the white Newman. White Newman has one. And the witch's wisdom tarot, they are also wolves, which I love because I've always been incredibly connected with wolves since I was a little kid before I knew that on Morgan was my goddess. And I don't know what has happened Well, actually, I do know what's happened (laughs) in the last 48 hours. I've had a huge shift in my spirituality and in my shadow work and uh, my life. In the last 48 hours? In the last 48 hours. Wow. A lot of that has to do with uh, Corey and Conowin and my wife and a couple of other people that I don't know if I have permission to say their names. And some reading that I have done uh, based on a couple of things that I got drawn to and some discussions and meditations that I've had with goddesses and with a couple of gods that have recently entered my life. And something, this has happened to me before, where you all of a sudden, the best way I know to describe it is it's like there's a circle beneath your feet and you're standing on it, and all of a sudden it drops. <laughs> and then I have always then floated quickly down to that next level. And I do say down because even though I'm physically feeling and seeing in my mind's eye this down, it expands because the further I go down, the wider my above goes. The more headroom you have. Yeah goes out into the universe. And I think 
part of it also had to do with the web telescope. I'm, oh, yeah. Gosh, I, mean, I still can't stop thinking about it. I know. I, I know. I'm never going to stop thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. I remember when the Hubble images came back. Uh-huh. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I remember being blown away at the vastness and how small I am. Yeah. But the fact that, but the fact that like, the stuff we are looking at from billions of years ago is the same stuff that I'm made of. I know. That's wild. It's amazing. And we are. That has to do with the moon. All of that has to do with the moon because if you look at, and this is the other reason I wanted to go with this particular card. If you have a tarot deck near you and you grab the moon card, I'd love you to glance at it and notice the cave in the back. And then almost always there's a reflection in the pool, which is supposed to be your monster or your shadow side. The modern witch tarot calls it the monster emerging from the divine unconsciousness. I think a lot of us, when we think about the moon card, think about the fact that we're diving into the subconscious, the water, and the water symbolism of being our subconscious. But I, for some reason, and maybe you all have done this, I have never gone into the cave have you done that with the moon? Not specifically. You, and I have gone into other caves and explored caves because of On Morgan. But I went into this cave when doing research for this episode, even though I was like, oh, this is so easy. I don't have to blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I went, oh, that's a sign right there that I'm blowing it off and think that I know everything that I need to look deeper. Because of the combination of really exploring this card and everything that's happened the last 48 hours to a week, and probably the last couple of months, and what I think we're probably about to be facing in the United States and other people are starting to face. I did shadow work in the middle of summer, which can I just tell you, I've never done. Oh. And I think, and I had wanted to talk about this one of the last episodes and I just forgot because I don't write things down and my brain is like Teflon, nothing sticks unless (laughs) I write it down. (laughs) You usually got to do a lot of seasoning to get nonstick like that. So that was... One of the things I wanted to talk about is the fact that ghosts and shadow work don't have to be, ghosts really like the light. They really do. So I know it's spooky and kind of aesthetic-y to think of them at night, and I like them at night too, don't get me wrong. Sure. But the daytime, they really like to be seen. The shadow work wants you to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. It doesn't mean, again, we play around these words, dark, shadow, and that doesn't mean bad. It, it, And I really want people to start to embrace their shadow side. I've started just removing the words good and bad from things yeah. in my life. Yeah. Uh, in much the same way I've just started using the word they for everybody yeah. unless they tell me otherwise. Because good and bad, I didn't realize, it's one of those things you don't realize that the crack is there until you see it, and then you see the cracks everywhere. I know. And I'll be at work or something, and somebody will say something, and I'm like, do you have any idea the negative moral value you just put on yourself Uh that you don't deserve? It is so binary, and it doesn't allow for anything that's gray or nuanced. And I really miss that. I am really yeah. missing nuance in our culture right nuance now. Nuance and critical thinking. Yes. I had a great conversation with my mom about critical, the critical 
interpretation of media, which does not mean uh-huh. to pick it apart and figure out reasons that it sucks or is problematic. It just means to look at things with a critical eye. Anyway, yeah. I think that looking at things with a critical eye is very relevant shadow yeah. work. It is. And I, so sometimes I think when this card comes up, it is drawing you to the cave. And I think that symbolism, I think the symbolism of the cave is transformative. And I said this in one of Conowin's episodes because I've done a poll for this week that I haven't posted yet, this week in July, which I really want to post about rebirth and transformation. Shadow work leads to sometimes, most of the time, to transformation. It leads to a deeper level of yourself. It leads to higher consciousness. Mm. It leads to higher magics. It leads to stronger manifestation. It leads to stronger being able to take the matter that is out here, this energy that is out here in all this space. I'm looking at Corey right now, and and now I feel like Conowin. You can't see my hands, but I'm like stretching them out towards my living room and towards my outside. There's all this open space in between. And guess what? We have the power to shape that. Mm -hmm. That is what manifestation, which I know people are starting to get sick of that word. So if that is bother you, then tangible then this space that is ours to create a reality, to create things that are tangible on this plane, that is in our power. And I think the cave in the moon card is a really important place to go to start to find that for yourself. So I really want to encourage people to do that. The cave was very important for Luke Skywalker. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. And for Ray, One of my favorite favorite franchises ever in the world, ever. <laughs> I love Star Wars. Oh my gosh, but so much so. Uh, the cave was really important in The NeverEnding Story. I don't remember that very well, except the ending. It's where I the know. nothing, it's where the nothing lived. And again, the cave doesn't, The what I like about the Star Wars is that it's not that the cave, again, back to, it doesn't have to be scary. It's just holding up a mirror mm-hmm. so that you can see what's going on. One of the reasons I wanted to bring up the cave and all of this is because since I've been doing the meditation around it and talking to Ann Morgan about it, the idea of sacrifice came up and talking about what is sacrifice and what, is, what are you willing to sacrifice and what are you willing to sacrifice for? Sure. And so those conversations led me to a lot of the shadow work that I was doing with this card. And I'm, I'm going to share a small piece, if it's okay, Please? that it relates to the monster symbol, to the cave symbol, not so much the masks. Um, there is also a mask, in, and especially in, you know, the original, I, I'm going to read this from the modern witch, and then I'll go back to my discovery in shadow work. Mask, plunging into the wilderness are two people, naked except for the mask on their faces, one a dog, the other a wolf. Both are compelled to howl at the moon, but while one has been tamed and changed by humanity, the other remains feral. Donning these masks allow the people to embrace their animal instincts and forget their human, if only for one night. That is the last real symbol 
that is talked about on the moon. Mm -hmm. And like I said, we often relate it to the subconscious, but we, not everybody relates it to the underworld. Sure. And that is one of the things that on Morgan and I were talking about. And I think a lot of people, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong out there, listeners. I think a lot of people get scared of doing work in the underworld or the other world. Mm. When you listen to our Witches in Media Sabrina episode, I will talk a little bit more about necromancy. I think this card lends itself to some necromancy as well, but not like raising other people or ancestor work, although it could be, it absolutely could be. But when you're talking about the other world, or at least when I'm talking about the other world in relationship with this card, mm-hmm. I'm talking about your personal relationship with the underworld or the other world. And they are two different places, but I think the cave can lead you to both of them. It is a portal that takes you. And one of the things that I discovered that I just feel so compelled to share with everybody, and then I'm going to let you talk about the sun. In doing the research for this and just really letting myself dive in, I, I discovered something that I thought was healed, that I realized I have been abusing myself with and perhaps causing that effect in the world. Now, I want to really preface this with, I do not think I'm responsible for what is going on bad. And just because you do something or don't heal or whatever, you are not responsible for creating. And I think that's a really hard distinction for everybody to make since we talk so much as witches about creating our own reality. Well, great. If my reality is I'm a black man driving a car, is it my fault? No, it's not. There are a lot of other There are a lot of different flavors of energy out there that affect what goes on with your energy. But one of the things that I discovered is that I was thinking about my childhood, which was not great, nor was it for my brothers and my brothers who are uh, Cherokee and white. They, I often think, I play this story over, I tell myself this story, and I know we talk about storytelling a lot and it's really important to both Corey and I and Corey has done some great framing and reframing around storytelling. The story I tell myself almost constantly is, wow, if my dad, who was their stepdad, hadn't been so horrible, my oldest brother would have been this famous actor-singer and he would have painted on the side, both of which he quit at one point. And my younger brother, who was the most amazing saxophone player, who could sit down at a piano and play anything by ear beautifully and flawlessly, who was an amazing basketball player with this great head of 70s hair that every girl fell in love with and came over. They were just so madly in love with him. How different their lives would have been. And I make up this story in my head about Well, my dad actually was an architect who really loved them and took care of them and they flourished and now they are these people. Sure. And, and I am as well. So that's great. That's a great story to imagine and rewrite. But here's what I didn't realize I was doing until yesterday. I would say to myself, and I want that 
for other people. I want that for other Native American kids who may be in a mixed home or not in a mixed home, just Native Americans, indigenous people who have to deal with all the shit that they have to deal with and all the, you know, finding these children underneath schools and missing women and all of this. I want this for them. And then I would add this next thought. And I'm really bitter. I didn't have it for myself. Mm. And I'm really angry that my brothers didn't get it. Why didn't they get it? Why didn't they have that opportunity? And all of a sudden, it just became really clear to me why some of my work, some of my spell crafting was being blocked. Sure. And not because I was bitter and not because I was angry, but because I hadn't admitted it. I hadn't owned that. I hadn't recognized that. Therefore, I couldn't heal it. Even if I decide to remain angry and bitter, you still have to acknowledge that you have those feelings inside of you. They need to be recognized. They need to be acknowledged. That's part of shadow work is recognizing and acknowledging the parts of us that we don't necessarily want to recognize, that we don't want to deal with, or that we feel selfish about feeling pain around something like that, because you might think that you're thinking about other people who had it so much worse. And this is my quarterly reminder that pain is not a competitive sport. And I just discovered this unacknowledged pain and the unacknowledgement was getting in my way. It was very exciting. Probably hard. And incredibly painful. <laughs> <laughs> and at and that's when the that's when the circle dropped out. Well, there you go. And so I really encourage you to spend time. <sighs> even when you think you know it all about something, to just keep going deeper every once in a while. See if you can. Go past that first choice. Go past that second choice, fifth choice, seventh choice, tenth choice. Even if you've already done the 15th choice, go back and go to 20 sometimes. There's always room to go, why do I think that? Yeah. And there's always room to go pay. It's like following the ball. It's like, you know how you catch a baseball? Or you, you know. Not well. Well, (laughs) you have to keep your eye, when they say keep your eye on the ball, you have to follow it all the way to the mitt. And I don't know about you, I'm not a great baseball player or softball player for that matter, even though I am a lesbian and I don't want you to take away my card just because I'm not a great softball player, okay? (laughs) So I get to keep my lesbian card. It's part of the starter pack. Yeah, there you go. You're supposed to follow the ball all the way to your mitt, but I often will stop while I'm still out here, and I don't follow all the way to the mitt. Mm-hmm. I was telling the story to myself all the time, and I would skip the very, very last two or three sentences. Mm-hmm. And I went to those last two or three sentences this weekend. So keep your eye on the ball, everybody. Keep your eye on the ball all the way to the mitt. I don't have anything to add. I mean, I love the moon card. I get to talk about the sun card. Mm, thank goodness. I brought four of the sun cards with me today. Let's talk real quick about the symbols and the associations. It's a fire sign. Duh. (laughs) The planet is the sun. Uh, Duh. And it's a yes card. 
It is a yes card. It is. I have complicated feelings about this card. Do you really? I do. I do. I didn't realize I did until I started like looking at it and researching it and journaling a little bit. Let's talk about the facts of the card. So there's a little kid on the back of a horse. There's a little kid on the back of a horse, like a little naked cherubim looking kid carrying a red flag or blanket or something underneath a big round smiling sun and like a field of flowers behind him, yellow flowers. The red flag is meant to represent like renewal and the sun is looking down on your accomplishments and and being like, hey, great. Hey, great job. It's meant to burn away illusions Mm. and fear. Okay? It's a sign of innocence and hope and optimism. It's an optimism card. Every single time I've ever pulled this card, it has felt like an absolute ironic punch in the gut. To pull an optimism card. Really? Because (laughs) I've only ever pulled it at times when it's like where I'm having a really rough time. And so to pull this card feels very (laughs) pointed. (laughs) Do you think, though, that it's saying the sun is coming? I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But there is nothing for a bad mood. Like somebody else's good mood. Do you know what I mean? But maybe it's pulling you to say, hey, honey, I got you. I got and I back. get that logically. Yeah. But in the moment. No, yeah. <laughs> no. I can feel that. In the moment, it sucks quite bad. It's a very cool card. It, I think that it's, I think it can be really easy to oversimplify its following of the moon card. Mm-hmm. It's like burning away the shadows and like everything is bathed in light now. And it's not that simple. And those two cards are in tandem. Yeah. It's not not that simple. I don't think because. I don't think either of these cards are that simple. And I think we often, I'm glad you're saying this because I think we often make them too simple. So the sun can light up a space, right? It can provide visual clarity. It gives nourishment to the f- to the flowers and and gives us all that vitamin D that we love, keeps us happy. And on that level, I'm like, yeah, I get it. But also, as a person who's experienced many a second degree sunburn in their life, oh yeah, the sun can also be a real dick, and it can scorch the earth, and it can hurt. Yeah, and sometimes the highlighting of things can be really painful. Say you pull this card up in a reverse situation, it might not be optimism so Mm. much as a painful sort of clarity. Wow. Now, I've never pulled it reverse because I only recently started pulling reversals. But I can see like right away journaling about it and looking at it today and yesterday that the sun... I'm also thinking about the James Webb telescope and like all these other suns that this one doesn't, there's a very easy, it's very easy to be like the sun, the sun and the planets don't care about you Oh wow! because you are, you are all the same stuff and we are all very small and they're big cosmic bodies floating in space. And it is comforting to me to think they don't like, and that the earth, while it cares for you, 
It doesn't think you're cute. Like, it doesn't care about you. It cares for you. But, like, a rock slide doesn't care about you. A tsunami doesn't care about you. A, a really big freeze doesn't care about you. And in the same way, a really hot summer <laughs> that we have caused with our human poison that we have yeah. put into the atmosphere, the sun doesn't care about you. And so, depending on where you pull this card... Which sounds really nihilist. I don't want it to sound really nihilist. I think that it's important to remember that it's humbling and very cool to remember that this giant cosmic thing deigns to have an effect on us and our life, right? But it doesn't care about you, I, in my opinion, in my interpretation of the sun, because it is to do a thing, and that thing is to be hot, to be hot and have a very big gravitational pull. That's its thing. That's the sun's thing, mm -hmm. is to be hot and gassy, which I can relate. But what I love about the card for that reason is that there's a lot of ways to read it. Like, I have brought the sun card from the White Newman deck, right? Mm -hmm. And it's this beautiful person in like a very cute crop sweatshirt and some little boots and a little bird companion walking through the desert with the sun below her below their hand as though they are like mastering consciousness, right? They are mastering renewal and hope and they are they are in control of their optimism. But the sun card from my Night Vale deck yeah. is a bright, aggressive sun over a skyline of skyscrapers that are hot and hard and metal in a desert. It's desert bluffs. The sun in the desert, if you've never been to the desert, really does not care about you. I am not a fan of the desert. Yeah. Like in, in so much as I get hives and break out in the desert, it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. It's, I love the desert to visit. Like my family is from the desert on yeah, my dad's side. Right. Like New Mexico, Pueblo, like they're from there. Mm -hmm. And to visit is great. I could not live there. And it's because the sun, she's so hot. She's so hot. Back to the James Webb Telescope mm -hmm, has mm -hmm. really put into perspective for me our sun. It's not even a very big sun. Mm -hmm. It's actually kind of a small sun. Our sun? Yeah. 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 Which is like wild to think about because it? it's thick. That's a big sun. But it's not. It's a little baby sun. Kind of. And there's all these other suns providing light and clarity to the universe and I think that that's wild. And I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it and feeling very small in like the most beautiful way. This sun is like those billion other suns. It just happens to be ours. And like the happenstance of that, the like wild one in a gajillion chance of that. I don't really know if I have a point about that, but it's just wild to me. Well, those are some of the images and hits you get when you pull this card. Yeah. So that influences your reading. No, I get that. And it's very difficult for me when I pull this card to think optimism right away. And I don't know if it's because of my history with the sun and how it has literally burnt me many times because of my own carelessness. Mm -hmm. But still, <laughs> 
I love the sun. I have beautiful freckles. Um, I turn a very nice little tan color in the sun. I was just going to say, I am looking at her today, and I almost <laughs> told her before we started, you are so tan. I am. All I do is burn, so. But I also know that I have, in true millennial fashion, ruined my skin because of things like tanning and all the stuff in high school that I was told I had to do to be cute. And so the sun and I have a very fraught relationship. I hadn't really thought of that in regards to this card because I don't really pull it very often. And the times Mm -hmm. that I do, I usually want to throw it across the room (laughs) like gambit. So, so wild, but yeah. But then like, I feel a little validated in that interpretation when I look at my crow tarot. Okay. For those of you that have the crow tarot, it's a person on the back of a crow with a field of flowers behind them and the sun is at their back. Oh, oh. But they do not look happy about it. It's not MJ's Crow Tower. It is. No, sorry. It's the Crow Tarot, uh, Murder of Crows Tarot. Murder of Crows. Apologies. That's Thank okay. you. Thank you for that clarification. No. It's the Murder of Crows Tarot. And he's on the, this person's on the back of a crow and there's a field of flowers behind them and the bright white sun. And they do not look jazzed about it. Wow. They look hot and they look beaten. And they look tired. Very Icarus. I think that the long, the short part of this very long (laughs) lecture about the sun card is that optimism is good and important and vital, especially in times that are dark. But optimism can also blind you. And it can put sort of blinders on you and make it so you don't see what is actually happening around you. If you look at the sun, it will hurt your eyeballs. <laughs> if you it will. If you are outside in the sun for like an hour and then you walk into your house, you can't see shit. You are so acclimated to the sunlight. I think that optimism can be like that. It's so easy to go from optimism, which is good and healthy and important, to like toxic optimism, toxic positivity. And that that the blinders like literally blind you to to the way things are actually coming to pass around you. Mm-hmm. So it's important when pulling this card to just be aware of that. I don't I don't want to put a negative bent on this card. It's a very important card. And I think like I said, optimism is wicked important. Renewal as a concept so important. And coming off the heels of the shadow work of the moon, It can be interpreted as a respite from darkness. It can be interpreted as shining a light on the things you've discovered. It can be Mm -hmm. hope that the things you have learned in the dark will, will change your life in a, in a positive way. Mm -hmm. But the sun is also hot and it can burn you. So like be aware and keep a balance. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. That's how I feel about the sun. As a person who loves being in the sun, that's how I feel about the sun card. <laughs> I like it. It's an it's interesting, I think, interpretation and a really... It's probably unusual, yeah. Uh, n- not in a bad way. In, a, in an... I, I don't know. I feel like we've whatever's been happening with us, as in Coriandetta, and the growth of the podcast and us 
spending almost two years together doing this. Wild. I think we're both becoming more vulnerable with each other and more vulnerable with all of you. Y'all know I don't have much of a filter. I think on all of our previous cards, we've not really talked a ton about our personal stuff with it. And I think I think that's important. And it's important as a tarot reader. And it's also important if you are reading for yourself. It's especially yeah. important if you're reading for yourself. I immediately, when I pull this card, have to stop myself from reacting, which is something I'm trying to do. Yeah in every aspect of my life mm-hmm. and analyze why the first feeling I had is that feeling. Mm-hmm. And like, why did I think that? But that being said, the four cards I brought today, because they're my favorite right now, are the sun from the Welcome to Night Vale black deck that I described, the sun from the White Newman deck that I described, the sun from the Murder of Crows deck that I described, mm-hmm. and then from my new deck, <gasps> El Tero deck, is El Sun, which is so Can funny. Can I see it? Can I see it? I have to look at that deck before you go home today. Oh, wow. It's That's very cute. Cool. It's very Mexican traditional art style. Yeah. And it's red with mm-hmm. yellow rays against a blue background. It's got an almost feminine face, which is mm-hmm. unusual for the sun. It's bright. It makes me think of being in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of... It's very Santa Fe to me when I see it. It makes me think of, of like, being down in Belen with my family and the same colors and, and vibes coming off it. Fun fact about La Moon, yeah. <laughs> which is so funny, in the El Tarot deck is it's a crescent moon, not a full moon, and it's wearing a blindfold. <laughs> which I think... I love that. ...is very good. Does it come with a book? Yeah. I wonder what it says. Let's find out. When you're pulling that out about the moon, I'm going to hop on your optimism, to- uh, toxic positivity. I don't know about the rest of you, but I was raised in the in the 80s. And I, I know that you didn't have to be raised in the 80s to get that toxic female. You need to always be happy and smile. Like, I know your generation goes through it as as well. And probably the generation below yours. It's really important that you brought up the toxic positivity because I think that's the balance we're trying to walk right now of how do you celebrate, how do you have joy every single day so that you're not succumbing to what oppressors want you to feel. Anger is so much more actionable than despair. Mm-hmm. And, and then balance that with you know, whatever work you're doing or whatever work you're choosing not to do, which is your life, you you get to make those choices. Mm-hmm. I think anybody that has to face inside themselves or outside themselves that they're meeting people with that toxic, just cheer up. It's okay. Do this. Do oh, that. Just cheer up. Just calm yeah. down. Why yeah. hadn't I thought of that? I think that's really important. So I think if that's the way the sun hits you, that's totally fine. The sun does not hit me like that. I I do get the general, but you know what? The moon's never hit me like this before. So now I want to go away with your interpretation and meditate on the sun and see see what happens there too. The descriptions okay. in this deck are very yeah. simple. Oh, they're okay. like one or two sentences, oh. and they're kind of I don't want to say over simple, mm-hmm. but they're definitely like seed phrases mm-hmm. that make you want to like. Interpret more. Interpret deeper. So, la moon, (laughs) which is so funny because it's la luna, obviously. Mm. But 
upward. Lies could eclipse your judgment. Don't jump to conclusions without receipts. And then it says hashtag illusions. Well, illusions is one of the keywords. Which is yeah. funny. And then down, uh, your emotions aren't just a phase. A small step towards confronting them could be a giant leap. Yeah, well, see, there you go. And then for the sun, it says, the word literally, <laughs> the world literally revolves around you right now. Hashtag <laughs> success. <laughs> and then um, upside down is your inner child needs a tan, let it out to play. Which I think is super cute. I like the style of writing that they that yeah, they're doing. It's really, I really, really like light. It. It's really light. <laughs> but I think that that's good because yeah. I think that it's easier to begin to dive into deeper, more heavy, complicated concepts if you start somewhere relatable. I completely agree. And I do think those are just include enough operative words that will take you to that place. Yeah, for sure. I feel like. For sure, for sure. They've huh? distilled it. That's the word I wanted. Well, cool. Do you want to? I think I think that's it for me. Yeah, we can hit some. We can yeah. throw some sparks do out. Do some sparks? Let's yeah. do it. This week, I would like to uh, spark a very sweet little boutique online apothecary. It's called. I don't know how to pronounce it. So I'm going to okay. pronounce it my best that I know how. It's spelled A-B-A, so I'm going to just call it ABBA. Ooh. ABBA Love Apothecary. It is a black-owned business. It is, I think, run by a couple of very rad women. They create aromatherapy oils. They even have one that's just called anointing oil, which is, like, very rad. They sell body products, skincare face products, they sell their stuff in bundles, which is always quite dangerous for me because then I end up with bundles of everything. And it just looks so rich and wonderful. And I was scrolling through their website today wishing that I had not <laughs> spent some of my paycheck on frivolous things so I could maybe have gotten a serum or something. But next time. And I want everyone to go visit it because it looks wonderful. Very simple, very, like minimalist design very very cute and they look this is gonna sound silly but they look like they smell great oh wow <laughs> no i think i think you can pick up on that kind of stuff sometimes yeah. they That's look really like they cool. smell amazing wow yeah so go check it out abba love apothecary spelled a b a a b a love l o v e apothecary awesome yeah. dot com or dot org dot com dot com okay Cool. You can also, I think, just Google it and it'll take you to their Instagram as well. Awesome. What about you? Okay. <laughs> Since this will come out in August, about a month ago, if you like Linda Ronstad. <laughs> I do. Do you? Yeah. I love her. Elizabeth Wardland. And if you listen to Teresa Reed, you know who that person is because they wrote the theme song for Benny the Goat. <laughs> <laughs> Benny the goat. Uh, she wrote it and she sang it. 
And I had no idea who she was until Teresa shouted out, she has a new album coming out and so exciting. And then I was like, oh, that's cool. Let's go look at her album. So she's done covers of Linda Ronstadt and so many medleys. And I need to ask her, and maybe I'll know by this time, who else is singing on the album with her because there's definitely a guy. And I think there might be one other girl, but she might be doubling herself. I'm just not sure. In a couple of these uh, medleys that she does. And I it made me go the first medley I heard. I went, Oh, medleys. They're such a thing of the past. And I really miss them. I love medleys. I do too. But by the third one, I was like, I just want you to sing all these songs. I want a three set CD. If that existed, three volumes of digital download. So she is on Spotify. What's her name? Elizabeth Wardland. I just want to point out that Corey just laughed at me because I said three CDs. My mom asks me to order her CDs all the time, and I'm like, Mommy? No. No. So Corey just looked it up, and on Instagram, it is Elizabeth space Ward space Land. And on Spotify, it's Elizabeth Wardland, and the album name is Still Within the Sound of My Voice. Still Within the Sound of My Voice, which is a Linda Ronstad song. And some of the tracks are Heat Wave, Different Drum, When Will I Be Loved, but that goes into a medley and I can't see them all on Spotify. You're No Good, oh my gosh, she does so many key changes. It's Barry Manilow worthy. Uh, it, and her voice is amazing. But let me take it one step further with calling her, with, with sparking her up. She's a Broadway star. <laughs> Is she? She's in a show right now with Jessica Vosk, who played Elphaba in Wicked. So she's a Broadway star. She originated the role of Luella in Scandalous. She was the original in Memphis in Schubert, Christopher Ashley. She was in the Scarlet Pimpernel, the original cast. The original cast? Yep. Wow. <laughs> I know. And she's... I love Scott Pimpernel. Yeah. She was in... She's done a ton of stuff. She's done the national tour of Chitty Bing Bing. Anyway, her voice is amazing. And she's done tons of TV, too. Because it's when I went to her page, I was like, huh, she looks really familiar. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, because I've seen her on TV like five million times. <laughs> and Yeah. And her voice is just... It is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. And... Be ready. They're not all just like listening to Linda. She does her own interpretations, right. but I think she honors Linda's interpretations with with them. And Desperado is also really, which is one of my favorite Linda Ronstead songs. It's a wonderful song. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite Eagles songs. So, you know, go, go that. So that's my, that's my spark this week. You've been out riding fences. Uh-oh. We're going karaoke tonight. No. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, awesome. Cool. Thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> this is a long one. This is a long one. Tarot ones usually aren't that long. No. But we really got into it. Yeah. But until next time, be well. Act with intention. And don't forget, you are magic. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. 
If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington, 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.